your Locked On Senators, your daily podcast on the Ottawa Senators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Jake Sanderson, and you're listening to Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Tim Stützle, and you're listening to the Locked On Senators Podcast. Welcome inside episode 538 of the Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Ross Levitan on the outskirts of enemy territory in Winnipeg, Manitoba. Alongside Brandon Piller up in the Blue Mountains after the Sens overcame a two-goal deficit to beat the Boston Bruins 3-2. A classic Sensing, Ross. And you know who needs a Sensing tonight? The Belleville Senators. It's the game of the year. I know we've been saying every game is <laughs> crucial, but this one's up against Rochester Americans, and it is a must-win. And we got a very special guest on our show today. We certainly do. Talking about some of those Belleville Senators, among others, it's TSN head scout, Craig Button. So stay tuned for all that and more. This is the Locked On Senators podcast, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Senators your first listen on this Friday, April 15th. And Pilsy, if he hadn't already... Timmy Superstar has officially arrived. 50 points for Timmy Superstar and 50 points for Josh Norris as well. You'll love to see your two top centermen get to that 50-point plateau in the same game nonetheless. And yeah, this was, um, if you guys missed the postcast with at Spoke Z yesterday, he said it. He's a Bruins fan, but he enjoyed this classic sensing because Bruins were up 2 nothing. And they were dominating in the shot totals uh, to start this game off. And then the Sens got a couple power plays trickled together. They capitalized on those power plays and three unanswered goals in the second period. And then Forsberg, he just shuts the door and the Sens get a 3-2 win here. You love to see it. Anton Forsberg improving to 5-2-1 when he makes 40 or more saves this season. It's an incredible stat and he was certainly one of our Sens Central standouts last night there were a ton to choose from but let's start with the way this game started because the Senators had great chances time after time Timmy made a great move just missed on the back end and there were a couple more but then all of a sudden you blink and it's two nothing Bruins how did that period get away from them well it was the Bruins depth guys that got it done Ross like when we're looking at the Boston Bruins you're and you see two goals right away you're probably like ah Pasternak probably scored nope he wasn't even in the game Marchand nope Bergeron nope no, it's, uh, of course, a guy gets his first NHL goal, Froden. That was the second goal. But uh, McLaughlin, he he got the first one. And it was just a greasy play in front by that fourth line. And that's how the Bruins got things started, just to flex off, uh, off a guy in front. And they're off to a quick lead. Yeah, they certainly were. And then, as we called it, Froden, first Classic. NHL goal. Come on, man. Come on. Yeah, no shock there. And uh, the Sens are down 2-0 at that point, and they're getting outshot pretty pretty heavily, and the Bruins are at home. The garden was loud. So I don't know about you, but I was starting to think, okay, this game's probably getting away from the Sens here. Yeah, so was I. But no, that's not the case, because even though they gave up a momentum goal in the last 59 seconds of the first period, they get it right back to start the second. It's Brady Kachuk, his 27th goal of the season, Assisted by Tim Stutzla. Take us through what you saw on that one. 
I mean, this is this is kind of a classic Brady Chuck goal, right? He's driving hard to the net. McAvoy tries to get inside to go towards the net, and Brady just just knocks him down straight up. Is like, oh, see ya! Like flicks him off like he's a little bug, and then McAvoy's down in the corner, and Brady has it. And I'm I'm convinced this was what he was planning to do. I don't think he was just trying to get the puck on net to create chaos. He banks it perfectly off Olmark's, uh, or no, is that Swayman at that point? Yeah, it was after the first period. And what happened was Olmark took a shot to the mask at the end of the first period, and I yeah. guess it rattled him up a bit. A hard deflected uh, Branny slap shot right to the face. Yeah, that'll uh, the concussion spotters were right on that. And uh, he didn't come back for the game, so it was Swayman. And yeah, Brady's just thinking, all right, I'll get anything I can towards the net, but I've got an opportunity to bank this off him and in. And he scores from behind the goal line. And... That was a crucial goal because, like you said, it's a momentum goal. The Sens are down 2 nothing heading into the second period. But you get that quick one 47 seconds in, and all of a sudden, you're feeling pretty good about yourself. It's only a 2-1 game. I know. Ottawa then goes on the power play right away after that. They couldn't convert on that one. But then about five minutes later, Mike Riley sends abroad, gets a high-sticking penalty on Brady <laughs> yeah. Kachuk, followed up seven seconds later by a hooking call. On Patrice Bergeron, I like the uh, the gumption by the Bruins Twitter account putting quotations uh, beside hooking. I don't know if they're trying to play into the whole Stutzla thing. I think that would be a bit bogus, but Patrice Bergeron doesn't get upset, and he was rattled after that one. Bad refereeing on both sides, I'd say, last night, and it all culminated with the ref kicking the puck right on the tape of Josh <laughs> or, uh, on, onto the uh, – I don't remember which defenseman it was, but for the Bruins defender – that was wild. Go check out Atlee's March, and he's got the clip going viral. Um, you might actually need to pay to get onto his page. The guy's head's getting so big, but <laughs> we'll leave him be with that one. But the five-on-three certainly did the sense some favor. And Pillsy, stop me if I've heard this. You've heard this before. Swayman knew it was Josh Norris shooting. Mm-hmm. You knew it was Josh Norris shooting. I knew it was Josh Norris shooting. Everyone listening to this knew Josh Norris was shooting. And guess what? He scored his 33rd goal of the year. Yeah, that's just what Josh Norris is going to do. And we talked about it in our uh, segment with Ian Mendez uh, when we're looking at what his next contract might be. But the one thing I will say, Ross, is this was a a good play because it wasn't as obvious as all the other ones were. And uh, uh, Norris wasn't exactly in his usual spot. He was closer to the middle high slot. And Timmy made it look like he was trying to hit Colin White for Whitey to do that pivot uh, spinorama right in front of the goalie because he was right there. His st- although he's um he's right side shot, so his yeah. stick wasn't available there. But the positioning made it seem that way. But Timmy gets the puck all the way through, or was it Batherson? One of those. Batherson did. Okay, yeah. it was Batherson. Timmy, Timmy put it down to Batherson on on the way there. Okay, got it. So yeah, Batherson makes that great play where he fools everyone into thinking that might be a possibility, and then Norris gets it, and he wastes no time. And thank God because I think it was Forbert was uh, trying to block the shot. And if you look at the tight replay, it was so close to being blocked. And even Swayman almost got there in time too. So that's just a goal scorer's goal where you're like, hey, I have fractions of seconds to get rid of this. And I have like just a narrow path. I got to get it through. No problem. Josh Norris, he's going to get it done on the power play. That 33rd goal was also his 50th point. Batherson and Stutzla with the assist, but that was only point number 49 for Tim Stutzla until not even a minute later. And what I love about this goal in particular, great puck movement down low, but Timmy 
is moving in his usual kind of half wall position. But after he distributes the puck down low, I think it's uh, it's Colin White down. Is it Whitey down there? Batherson down there. He continues into the, the high danger area, and he's ready to pounce when that puck gets loose. So I love that killer instinct from Timmy saying, yeah, I can look pretty on the half wall. I can move the puck, distribute it. But to go down and finish the play himself, I think that just shows you what kind of player the Sens have in Tim Stutzla. Still not getting enough respect from the national media, if you ask me. A lot of people are quick to rank him 7th, 8th, ninth in the draft, and now looking like the gem of the 2020 draft. Again, we always preface it by saying you can't look at a draft until three or four years to get a real sense yeah. of who the best players are. There's still some great prospects from 2020 who haven't played an NHL game yet. Can you think of any, Philzy, in particular? There's a lot of them, man. Well, uh, Jake Sanderson? Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> Hopefully that comes up soon. We're, uh, yeah. I'm, I think we're going to see it. Uh, the last stretch of the season, I think we're going to see it here. But Timmy, right. is uh, he's found his stride, and he's looking very good in the NHL. That's for damn sure. Yeah, Lucas Raymond had a 15-point lead on yeah. Timmy oh. on January 31st, and that's now evaporated to five. I mean, Lucas Raymond is, hasn't really slowed down either. He's still putting up points. He got 55 on the season, but now Timmy's right there. Timmy, 11 points in uh, seven-game point streak, Ross. Seven-game point streak, beauty, with an injury in between as well. So he's playing hurt. Love to see that, battling through it. And uh, you can even go further back. He's got 23 points in his last 19 games. So certainly he's coming to play here night after night. For the Ottawa Senators. Yeah, this penalty list is just a complete gong show. Shots on goal, 42 for Boston and 32 for the Ottawa Senators. But the Sens get the win and Tim Stutzla gets the bike helmet and shades. Really a no-brainer when it came to this one. Although I I could have seen it going to Forsberg. Like Forsberg played one hell of a game, especially that third period. He absolutely shut the door and... I don't think that this play is getting talked about enough. Yeah, there's if you're watching on YouTube, there's Timmy with the uh, helmet and shades looking like an absolute beauty. But Forsberg, that play where uh, the Bruins take a shot and he looks like he's going to cover it. So everybody kind of like slows down and then he sees Connor Brown in the neutral zone all alone. So he has the wherewithal to drop the puck and he fires a tape to tape pass to Connor Brown. Of course, it's Connor Brown on a breakaway, so you don't expect too much. But it was an incredible play by Forsberg. Like, that's hockey IQ from a goalie there, which you don't often see. So I wanted to shout out uh, Forsberg especially, but Timmy was the the most deserving guy for sure. And then you've got the connection that Brady Kachuk has to the city. I thought he was fantastic in last night's game. Special stick taps to Parker Kelly. He was listed on the first line. Didn't really play there a whole lot <laughs> no. throughout the game. I think it was the third shift of the game. Colin White was playing right wing with them. They are moving it around, but God, he absolutely flattened Taylor Hall in yeah. the third period. Beautiful. Um, eject button on Curtis Lazar's gloves on that one. I'm not sure how he didn't get the instigator there, but it was uh, it was pretty unbelievable play. But And it was like two seconds after Austin Watson had hammered another guy. It was just yeah. bodies flying all over the ice. So some some love for Parker Kelly there in his spot. For more on this game, we did almost an hour postcast last night. So you can go check that out on our YouTube channel or wherever you get your podcast. But we've got to get to Craig Button. We also have to chat Belleville because the implications going forward from tonight's game it's a big game. Some big would game. say biggest game of the year. So before we get to that, let's power up. Pills, you got a word from our friends at Built Bar. 
Yeah, the boys in Belleville are going to need their built bars because uh, big games coming up the stretch and pretty much all of them are must wins, but no bigger must win than tonight. So if I could, I would send the boys a mixed box of the built bars because no matter who has flavor preferences, everyone's going to find something they like because built bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. They focus on making the bars taste good and then healthy. And boy, are they tasty, and boy, are they healthy. They're low calorie, low sugar, you love to hear that, but high protein and high fiber. Check it out today at built.com. Their website is so easy to use, and it shows all the great flavors. All built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Yes, even the puffs are 100% real chocolate. I love my built Bars, and I think you're going to love them too. And the best part is we got a sweet offer for you to try them if you haven't already. Go to built.com, use our promo code LOCK15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. Go to built.com, use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off your built Bars. It's built Bar, the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. All right, Pilsy, here he is, TSN's head scout. It's Craig Button. All right, we now welcome a very, very special guest back to Locked On Senators. He's a friend of the show. He's done a lot for us, maybe unknowingly, but we appreciate him nonetheless. It's TSN head scout, Craig Button, still best dressed, even though it's a working from home situation. Craig, always a pleasure. Welcome back to the show. Yeah, my pleasure to join you. And Ross, you're in Winnipeg. Uh, are your arms tired? Are you been shoveling or do you got a snowblower? You got a you snowblower know, there in Winnipeg? I'm I'm in the condo life, so I don't have to deal yeah. with that just yet, but it's been wild and windy times here, which you could say for the Senators organization as well. I wanted to ask you, though, because the first time we ever had you on, we had to put in the intro, TSN's best dress. You're always coming out with the brash looks. Has it, I'm sure it's it's become more normal, but was it ever weird suiting up to sit at your office desk <laughs> and talk on, on a laptop? No, not at all. No, not at all. It's, uh, you know what, Tommy McVie, I don't know if you know the name, Tommy McVie, he, long time NHL, played in the NHL, played in the minors, uh, you know, coached, you know, he's been involved in hockey for forever and a day. He's he's young, he's spry, he's in his 80s, he's a funny, funny guy. But you know what he always used to say? What's that? He goes, if you're dressed up and it looks like you're going somewhere, you probably are. I like that. I'll be hey. right back. I'll get my tie. <laughs> there you go. I'm telling you, there's a, they're like, you know, just the way it go. My grandfather, uh, you know, my grandmother, they used to take me every Christmas. And they used to have, have shop. Like, I'd, I'd go one Christmas, it would be a suit. The next year, it would be pants and a sport coat, shoes. But my grandfather was, was meticulous. And shoes, the belt color had to match the shoes. Shoes had to be polished. I was never allowed to uh, tie my own tie until I could tie it perfectly with properly. He made me wear a clip on until I could tie a tie proper. <laughs> those are the rules. And like, you know, those are things that have, that, that, that stay with me to this day. And my mother just sent me a note. Uh, she saw me on TV the other day. She goes, Oh, she goes, I love the tie. You look so well dressed. So oh, there you all go. Minus, 
I'll take all the compliments because you know what? I get enough comments where people tell me I'm a complete idiot. So I'm, I'm very happy to uh, get these nice words from you guys. Yeah. Well, speaking of looking good and going places, let's take a look at the senator's prospect list. And you just put out your list for the Sens and uh, we had our list and very, very similar, which, uh, which is always nice to see, but <laughs> as a goalie friendly show, Craig, I, I want to get right into the goalies because we Craig only had goalies. Greg loves goalies. We know that we only had one goalie on our list and Ross and I are in different sides of this. I'm of the mind that right now, Philip Gustafson is ahead of Mad Sogard. Uh, I think eventually Sogard could pass him, but you also had Gustafson just one spot ahead of Sogard. Oh, I want you to kind of be the, the, the deciding factor here. Who is ahead of, uh, of prospect wise for the goalies? Is it Gustafson or Mad Sogard? It's me and you. Come on. Like, what does Ross do? Like, seriously, like, are you kidding me here? Like, Ross is wants to, you know, like, he, he you know what? Ro- Ro- Ross just went with the height. He saw the height of so good. He's, oh, <laughs> that's my guy, right? Yep. So, and he's been on the show. Like you, whenever someone's been on the show, we go battle for them till the end. True. That's a bias, though. You can't be biased in this. It, oh, we're so, so biased. We're very biased. <laughs> but I get this all the time. Oh, yeah, you don't like this person. Ray Ferraro and I joke all the time. And people ask me, who's your favorite team? I said, I don't have a favorite team in the NHL. I hate all 32 teams equally. I That's hate nice. them all equally. Right? Because you know what? You can't win, right? Like, you know, it just doesn't matter where you go. All kidding aside, you know, you look at I, – I, I think Gustafson's ahead of Sogard right now in terms yeah. of his development. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think that, you know, you know, you have Sanderson and Greg one, two, I put the next uh, Gustafson and Sogard three and four, because I think that's a real significant area for the senators, you know, going forward. We know they have some really good young players and, and players, not only in the system, but playing on their team. But if the goaltending doesn't reach a point where, you know, you, 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 you can lock in a guy, you know, you're going to, you're always in this kind of, discovery stage okay who is it where do we get him do we trade for him and everything Anton Forsberg is going to be really significant for the next steps for Gustafson and Sogard because they are still developing I don't think you can just thrust them into the number one role right now I see Gustafson as ahead because you know I think he's got a little bit more refinement to his game Sogard having watched him through junior I, I, I think that he's working on that refinement I think that he's getting getting into a spot where you know, his size isn't something he has. He's utilizing it more. He's more compact. His movement, he doesn't open up. The, 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 the That's part of development. But, you know, when you look at the at the goaltending situation, and, and I think that both those guys, Gustafson and Sogard, had the potential to be starting goalies. So, you know, Lassie Thompson and Jacob Bernard Docker come in behind those guys, first-round draft picks, uh, you know, right-shot defensemen. But – they got their top two defensemen in Shabbat and Sanderson. So the goaltending now becomes really significant. And I think both those guys had potential. I wasn't as convinced on Sogard, you know, coming out of junior and they drafted him in the second round, but you know, you got to put a stake in the ground and, and it's great to say, we think he's got the potential. The Sens have done a really nice job of helping him develop that yep. potential. And that's, and that's what I, that, that, that's what's, that's what's impressed me. One other thing I just wanted to say, and I think it's important, people ask me this about like, well, you know, how how do you do this list? How do you put this together? I don't wake up on a Tuesday and go, oh, I should put prosper. I am doing this all the time, all the way through the year. I am not doing it. They had a good NCAA tournament. They had a good Memorial Cup. They were great at the World Junior. 
It's a continuous process of evaluation. How are players developing? How are players getting better? And, you know, and, and looking at that over periods of time, and you, you, you always look at it over those periods of time. You don't just look at it in a snapshot and just say, okay, this is what they are. They played good or why isn't that? And, you know, I'm not trying to do 600 players. I do, I do 50. I do top 10 for it, for the Canadian teams. And it's no different than when I was a director of player personnel running scouting, right? That's your job is to know those players. That's my job at TSN. And I see these players. Do I see them dozens of times, dozens of times in, in, in a short span? No, but I see them steadily over time. So I have a really good, strong confidence in where they're going, where they're headed. Am I going to be right all the time? No, but that's how that, that's the process that I utilize. And, you know, it's, uh, it's something that, again, when I talk about Sogard, I've watched them for a number of years now, and I, and I see progress. And like I said, I wasn't as high on his potential. He's done really nicely, and that's where he falls in. Well, that's great to see. Only 21 years old, so two years younger than Philip Gustafson, a little bit more road there. Yeah. Now, Craig, you're top 10. You just rattled off the top six, seven, if you go with Igor, and then you have Tyler Boucher at eight, Tyler Clevin at nine, a personal favorite of mine, and then Roby Jarventi. Where was the biggest drop-off to you in the Senators' prospect pool? Well, I think it was after three, right? Or after two, excuse me. Like, you know, again, I talk about the importance of a number one goaltender, starting goaltender. And, I, you know, they got them, they, they have them in the pipeline. And, and, and that's a nice thing to have. You know, I, like, I don't know where, uh, you, you know, where Mayor Linen's headed. I mean, he's in Kingston. He's a younger goaltender, right? But, like, he, he's made some nice uh, pr- progress, too. I don't want to exclude him. But he's not, he's not, you know, when we say, you know, the best affiliated prospects outside the NHL, you know, the, you know, we're looking at, he, 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 he doesn't usurp those guys, but to me, well, Jake, I mean, Jake is a top pair defenseman. I mean, like bottom line, Ridley Greg, I mean, I, I think he's a Nazem Kadri type. I, I, I think you start. So when, to me, those are certainties. Those are certainties. We're still into a whole next group of players that are like, okay, they're, they're showing progress. They're, they're, they're rounding out their game. They're developing. Right. But when you when when in my view you have two certainties and keep in mind, Sanderson and Greg are in the top fifty of all players. That's where the drop off is. It's it, it's right at two. And then after that, like again, the two goalies, the two right shot defensemen. I love I love I love Sokolov. I, I just love the way he's progressed. I love the way he plays. I think he doesn't have to be that front line guy, but I think he comes in nicely in a different area of the team, can produce and just continues to get better. And then those next guys are all what I would call development, various stages of development, Boucher, Clevin, and Yorventi. And, and, and they're showing different abilities, different skills, but they're still very, very green and still very, very raw. But their potential is definitely there. That's fair. And I noticed you didn't have Shane Pinto on the list. He's only played NHL games. If he were to be included, would he slot in above or behind Ridley Gray? Uh, behind. Behind, okay, interesting. Yeah, but right there, right there, yeah, right no, there. No but Shane is Shane is really versatile. Shane yeah. can play left wing, you can play yeah. right wing, you can play center. And I think that that you know is it, I I love that ability in Shane and everything. But you know, we did say if you're if you're in the NHL, you're an NHL player. Shane's an NHL player. He's not a, he's not outside the NHL. Yes, he's hurt and everything. We have to make we have to make that distinction on a couple of players and and some players that have only played a handful of games too. That we said, okay, they're not they're not established NHLers yet, so we'll 
we'll, we'll we'll keep them in the prospect pool. But but Shane Shane if, if Ridley's two, then Shane's two B if right. he's not in the NHL. Fair. Yeah, I feel like that's fair. Now, Craig, final question for me. Thanks, uh, as always, for joining us. We really appreciate your time. If we're looking back at the 2020 draft was arguably uh, one of the most monumental drafts for the Sens in recent history. Looking back at that draft now with hindsight, where would you say this team is in their rebuild? Now that kind of got Sanderson's now signed, uh, a bunch of those guys, Jarventi, Sokolov, they're already playing in Belleville. Where are they at with this rebuild? So let me ask you this question, and, and I'm going to answer this, but, I, but I'll ask the question this <laughs> when, when you decide When you decide to uh, put the wrecking ball to the, uh, to, the, to the building, like does the rebuild start once the wrecking ball goes there? Does it, the, the, does it begin once you pick up the pieces and the rubble? Does it start when you've built the first floor? Does it start when the penthouse is yeah. all complete? You know, like so, so, so you know, we, we use the word rebuild. And the reason I like I use that analogy is it, it, it's a process of building. Yeah. But you, to me, you, you, and, and you're, you're not going to be able to build something really successful until you get rid of the debris or the foundation that wasn't working. And so th- that's the wrecking ball. And then you got to then you got to clear the rubble. That takes some time. And then then you got to start building the foundation and you start foundation, first floor, second floor, whatever it is. Right. And to me, the, the Ottawa Senators are in this state of building and, and, and it's strong building. And, I, and, and when I talk about the goaltending, keep in mind that back in 2017, when they went to the Eastern Conference Final, Andrew Hammond was on a heater. He was on one of those, you know, once in a lifetime heaters, because that's what it was. So if we go back in time and we say, here we are in 2022, the goaltending situation still hasn't been sorted out for the Ottawa Senators. And so they're in a state of building until they get that goaltending position. Can Anton Forsberg do it? He's shown some really good signs. He's been really good. But when they got Matt Murray, they thought he was the guy. And he hasn't been, right? And now I talk about Anton being important for Sogard and for Gustafson and their development, right? So the penthouse isn't complete yet. I, I don't even know if they've got the upper floors done yet. That's building out your team. That's, that's the continual process. So you know, we can talk about semantics of rebuild the word and pick on those different words. You, you want to build your team and you always want to be stronger. Like, you know, once you build your house, okay, you build your, you still got to do, you, gotta, you still got to do repairs. You still got to, repre- you know, replace the shingles on the roof now and again, put in new windows and everything. But the, the senators are, in my view, are doing a really nice job of building. The foundation is really good. The young players are already playing. The prospect pool is good. So they're on the first floor. State of building. Pardon me? No, no, I don't think they're on the first floor. I think they've shown that, you know, that, you know, they're, they're building their upper floors, but it's going to take some, it's not there like that. I I, I think next year, the step for the Ottawa Senators has to be playing meaningful games down the, like in March, like, or towards the, like you want to be playing meaningful games. When I say meaningful in, in, in the conversation, in your in your last 22 games after game 60 if you're not playing meaningful games after your first 60 i think that that would be disappointing for the sense well the next step in the rebuild is the 2022 draft you know that craig button will be all over that with his rankings coming out i'm imagining sometime in may june when can we expect that from you well there's going to be a couple 
more to come. There's okay. Gonna be, there's going to be the final one, which will come before the draft, right? Then there's going to be one right at the uh, uh, beginning of May. Uh, you know, because again, it's, it, it's, again, you're evaluating over time, you know, and you're, you're trying to look, okay, who's getting better and, you know, opportunity for the young players to play and to show what they're capable of doing. Keep in mind, specifically in Ontario, players didn't play for 18 months. They got shut down on March of 20 and they didn't play. I have seen a lot of players continuously progress, you know, and, and, and it's a, it's a credit uh, to, to their dedication, to their commitment to being the best they can be, you know, with all these uh, circumstances that arose that, that no, nobody could plan for. And I'm seeing this, I, I'm I, like, I see it from October to November. I see it even more into February and March. And guess what? I'm seeing it even more like as, as the games become more important and everything, it's, it really is quite impressive what these young players are doing. So I've, I've reminded myself, be really patient with the young players. They've gone through a lot, and uh, a lot of them are uh, really showing what their what their capabilities are and showing it to a greater extent. Well, we're already looking forward to that next conversation to dissect the 2022 draft, another important building block for the future of the Ottawa Senators. Craig, always appreciate this. Maybe I'll see you down at Wayne Fleming Arena for a Winnipeg Ice playoff game. I know they've got a couple intriguing draft prospects as well, but we do always appreciate your time. I've been there a couple of times. I haven't seen you there. Oh, my! <laughs> I must have forgot my scouting book at home. I probably had to run back <laughs> oh, and get it. Oh, yeah. I've been there a few times at the Wayne Fleming Arena. And, you know, it's too bad with the storm. Their, their games this weekend against the Regina Pats have been switched over to Regina. Yeah. Connor Bedard, he's going to score 50 as a 16-year-old. Uh, Pretty impressive what that young man is. We better not be talking about Connor Bedard to the Ottawa Senators. We have to be past that by the 2023 draft. But Craig, we really do appreciate always your insight and the list you put out gives us something to get mad at and discuss as well. So thanks again, my man. Stick taps to Craig for joining us. Always love our conversations with him. This one was cut a little bit short for outstanding circumstances, but we will absolutely get Craig back on going into draft season. When he said he only had about 15 minutes, Pilsy, I cut out, eight out of our 10 questions because you know Craig's a talker and you yeah. got to get the tire pump in at the start of the interview because oh, yeah. that just carries us all the way through. There's one question that I really meant to ask him. I would email him, but he's the king of the one-word response for email. <laughs> Great guy when we get him on. But I did want to ask him what the separating factor was between Owen Power at one and Jake Sanderson at two. Good news, we might get a little sample size of Jake Sanderson at the NHL level before we ask him that question in July, but I've got that one circled. So if you're like, whoa, why'd you guys bail on that question? It was in the chamber. We just had to move on, but that's all right. We will get him back on friend of the show. I believe second or third behind Tony Ferrari and and Joey Decord for most appearances on LOSP. Always learn something when Craig's on too, eh? Oh yeah. And he's just, like, he's a guy that, uh, it was unfortunate we had a time restraint, but he's a guy that I wish we could just hit record and and go for an hour with him because he just has yeah. so much knowledge. And he answers other questions within his answers. You know what yeah. I mean? Like you said, we had eight questions that we wanted to ask. Well, he might have hit on three of those that we didn't ask within his yeah. other answers. So always appreciate Craig Button giving us time as uh, he's definitely one of the most respected uh, hockey personalities in the hockey industry. I hope everyone found it um, enlightening how he puts his list together as well, because you can bet he puts a lot of time into it. And Mm -hmm. I like wagering myself. I go to betonline.net. Football might be over, but 
basketball play in series continue tonight and beyond the NHL. It's a busy weekend. Playoff positioning up for grabs. Maybe a spot in the Western Conference. Dallas and Vegas going down to the wire there. So if you want to wager, pick a horse. Get on it. Go there. You can get your casino games in as well. BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline is your go-to for all sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. My Blue Jays bet, not going great, but I'll have a proper update in about a week. So BetOnline.net, it's where the game starts. All right, Pilsy, the game is starting tonight for the Belleville Senators against the Rochester Americans. It's going to be, what do you say? It's a must win. This is <laughs> this is game of the year. And I know it's it's kind of a joke as we've been saying that lately, but this I'm serious. This one game is the most important because Belleville only has a chance to hop into the fourth or fifth spot. And Rochester is in that fifth spot. They lost to them on the weekend, and that was detrimental. And they if they can hop Rochester here, then they have a good chance to hop uh, the Marlies because they play the Marlies three more times in the season. There's only like seven games left. So there's crucial points on the line. And I'm feeling I'm probably going to head to betonline.net and put a couple shekels on the Belleville Senators because they got to know how important this game is. And they're coming off a one nothing victory where Gus had a great shutout. So that's got to be some good momentum for the boys. Yeah, no doubt he'll get the start today for Belleville. If you're watching on YouTube, the standings are up. And if you're like, wait, why is Rochester behind the Marlies? It is sorted by points percentage. And right now it is, well, if you move the decimal to the actual percentage, it's a point four separating Belleville and Rochester. That is as close as it gets because then it's point five separating Rochester and Toronto. And then it's point 20, give or take point 18. Yeah. The rest guy. are kind of out of the way there a little bit, but I mean, that can, that can flip on the head. Although Syracuse again has played more games and I do know this much about math. The more games you played, the less it'll affect your percentage each mm-hmm. individual game. Yes. Score Great one math. for me on that one. I will say Utica is out of the way and Laval's pulled away at the same time too here. They're up at 60 uh, for, for their win percentage. So Belleville, it's going to be a grind, but if there's a win, a way to do it, it's a win tonight against the Rochester Americans. Good to note as well in that one, nothing win on Wednesday, Victor Lodine attributed an assist. So he is officially a North American pro point getter. So that hopefully can carry that momentum because Belleville, I believe it was at Sens Prospects, our boy, who pointed out, Belleville's only scored four goals in Lodine's three games. So yeah. offense needs to pick up tonight. And who better to light up than Arendelle? <laughs> exactly, yeah. And I, I want to see Zach Sinitian, uh get some goals here. He's only got two assists in 11 games. Oh, excuse me. And... Um, he just played the Boston Bruins, who he was a first-round pick from them. And uh, they got Josh Brown, and we got uh, Zach Sedition here. So I hope uh, he can start putting the puck in the back of the net for the Belleville Sense. Are you going to call a goal from him tonight? I would love to have that confidence, but he hasn't really shown me any reason to be that confident. So it's more a uh, request than a guarantee. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just requesting. Could uh, yes. you just please score one? Mm-hmm. That's what we're I'll, looking for. Here. How about this? If Zach's initial scores twice, the Belleville Sens win the game tonight. Yeah, guarantee. There, I'll guarantee <laughs> that. 
All right, fair. Uh, Senators going up against the Toronto Maple Leafs tomorrow. Yep. Thoughts on that one? I mean, should be an easy dub. Keep uh, keep the win streak going here. And although the Leafs did put a spanking on the Washington Capitals last night, I think it was seven three or something. They used like, up all their goals. Exactly. Yeah, no goals left. And man, the way Forsberg's playing here. I'm confident the Sens can win any given night. And I feel like I've changed my opinion about Forsberg. Before I said ideally he'd be a 1B goalie. Ross, I think he can be a 1A. I'm not going to go as far to say he could be a number one starter. But if you have a goalie that can take 35-40% of the games and give uh, Forsberg 60-65% math guy, uh, I think you can be successful. Like his save percentage, 0.919. Like, yeah. It's incredible. And a winning record on this team is amazing. <laughs> uh, and he's beating good teams in the process. So I got a lot more faith in Forsberg. And that contract is looking better every single game. It really is. We'll see if he can continue that. You'd say he's in goal tomorrow, right? And then you give yes. Mads either the game on Monday in Seattle or Tuesday in Vancouver. Those were two makeup games because this schedule is wild. Home to the Leafs on a Saturday and then in Seattle on Monday, in Vancouver on Tuesday, and then right back home. Or sorry, and then in Columbus on Friday. So at least they do have that on the way home. And then that, we're a week away, Pilsy, from April 23rd. And we've got the merch dropped. It's on the website or on our website at Send Central on Twitter. You can go there, shoot me a DM at Send Central. Shout out Patty Levitan, our our, uh, t-shirt model. Our t-shirt model. Daily listener. Yep, 100%. She did a great job there. I don't know if she knows I used her photo for that. Might be upset. <laughs> so wait, way to put me on the hot seat there, Pilsy. But we are pulling it up right now. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, you can get one of these pretty sick shirts, I'd say. And not awesome. only that, but you get to support the pod as well. Shout out my mom's feet in that photo too. Nice little addition. Uh, but no, that's great stuff. So those uh, were delivered to Ottawa. So if you want to get it at the, on the 23rd, we can do that. Or just give me your mailing info. They're going for $40 a shirt. And we've we've gone out of pocket for all this ourselves. So um, it would be nice to at least get that back as we're trying to make the, this community a little bit more uniform, you could say. Ah, but you, you, you like how they turned out? I love how they turned out. And uh, people are asking, uh, is this shirt only for people that have been Send Central Citizens on the show? Well, you're I've got all. some news for you. You're all Send Central citizens. We just haven't had a chance to interview you yet. Yep. Everyone is welcome on the show. If you want to be a Send Central citizen, we do have a running waiting list. We're going to yeah, get we do. more Ke- into Kevin's that. Kevin's next. Our boy Kevin's next. Ah, oh, perfect. I'm, yep. I'm very stoked for that one. Uh, he's been a longtime listener and always engages. But we're going to get more into that in the off season. So if you're like, why aren't they doing them? Why aren't they working down the list? We got Sens hockey to talk about, lots to get into. So that's more of an off-season thing where we can all chat uh, Sens and keep things interesting. But appreciate the support. And yeah, those t-shirts are fire. No risk, no fun. So buy a t-shirt right now, support the boys. And you can also support us by subscribing on YouTube. You can also follow the show on Twitter, at Sens Central, and on Instagram, LockedOn.Senators. Have a great weekend. We'll be back for the postcast tomorrow after the Senators host the Toronto Maple Leafs. For Brandon Piller, I'm Ross Levitan. That's been the Locked On Senators Podcast. Your team every day.